Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina and I am so excited because this week we are joined by Christine Ross, royal expert and writer. Christine, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to talk a lot of royal. There's a lot of royal news going on this week with the big uh, COP26 event, um, Prince Charles in Glasgow. So there, there's a lot to get to. But before we all get to all that, we have to talk about what the viewers were talking about from last week's show. So let's kick it off with Natalie, who said, I disagree with Andrew Morin uh, saying Diana would be mortified seeing her son's um not be getting along. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that Diana would be, you know, proud of Prince Harry, proud of Prince William, or kind of disappointed that they're not really seeing eye to eye? I think so many mothers go through that struggle with their children where, you know, you really just want them to get along. And I think that individually she'd be really proud of both of her boys, but I think mm-hmm. she'd be sitting there saying, oh, I wish you two would just sort it out. <laughs> totally. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, next one goes to Mary says, I really hope that Charles will have his rightful place to the throne. He has waited for the day. William is not ready yet, but he has time with the help from his grandmother and father. You know, there's always the, all these reports saying that, you know, William is going to uh, take over the throne after Queen Elizabeth passes away and won't go to Charles. But pretty sure that Charles is going to ascend the throne once it's all is said and done. Yeah, I think Charles is up next for sure. Yeah, definitely. And last one goes to Rivka Destiny says best wishes for her majesty, the queen and her health. May it improve every single day. And yeah, it's been a, a scary couple um, couple weeks for the queen, but it doesn't look like it's it's getting her down at all. And that kind of brings us right into our royal roundup. So let's kick it off with Queen Elizabeth, who has been ordered to rest for at least two, week, two weeks by doctors. However, she's been very busy giving a taped speech for the COP26 summit where she mentioned her late husband, Prince Philip. Take a look at this. It is a source of great pride to me that the leading role my husband played in encouraging people to protect our fragile planet lives on through the work of our eldest son, Charles, and his eldest son, William. I could not be more proud of them. Um, yeah. So like we said, she's been ordered to rest by doctors for uh, the past for the next few weeks. Um, and she was expected to be at the COP26 event, but she did give a pre-tape message and she did, you know, mention Prince Philip, which I thought was a really nice touch. 
I thought that that was so sweet. You can tell that he's really still with her and she mm -hmm. thinks of him often. But yeah, I think that she's really, she hates that she's not there. You can just tell that she so badly wants to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she had this beautiful photo of him in the background of her speech with, uh, with Prince Philip surrounded by these beautiful butterflies. It was a photo that was taken back in 1988 and uh, climate control and pollution was something that was really, really um, a big a cause for Prince Philip as well. So she wanted to mention him and she doesn't usually get too personal in her speeches. So maybe this was something that she wrote herself and, you know, really wanted to pay tribute to her late husband. I thought that that was lovely. And if you notice, she was wearing a butterfly brooch as well. So the butterfly brooch really tied into that beautiful photo. Um, and I think that they said that Philip had helped with the program to rehabilitate the monarch butterfly population. And that was him kind of seeing the project to come to fruition. Yeah. So that was such a huge conservation project that he was a part of decades ago. So I think mm -hmm. it's nice to tie that history into what we're doing today. Definitely. I loved it. And yeah, so like we said, doctors told her that she need to, needs to understand take some light desk based duties during this time, including some virtual audiences, which she has already done and not undertake any official visits. We did see some photos of her driving around Windsor Castle. So she seems to be doing OK. I know. I think she's she must be so frustrated. She strikes me as the kind of person who, you know, does not like that the doctors are telling her to sit around and do nothing. So I love seeing her driving around. You know, she just looked very, um, very much her Herself, you know, in really good spirits. So you can tell that she's she's feeling well. She's probably so frustrated by these doctor's orders. I'm sure she is. Um, but she intends to be present for the National Service of Remembrance um, on November 14th. So that may be her first big um, in-person um, visit or official, you know, meeting. So hopefully she's, you know, you know, resting a little bit and kind of um, <laughs> listening to the doctors, but she's still, you know, doing, uh, making her presence known. And I know that the COP26 event was definitely something that she wanted to be a part of, like you said, um, but her family is well represented there. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge are back from holiday and they were also there. They came face to face with the Earthshot finalists in person and they attended a big um, opening ceremony for the event as well. Right. Yep. They also um, had a great event with the Scouts and learned more about their Promise to Planet campaign, which I thought was such a great um, program to tie into this COP26 event because all of us have, you know, internationally, we all have a form of the Scouts, you know, and it's really this whole COP26 event is about bringing everyone together. I think having a scouting event where we've all been in Girl Scouts, we know about, you know, the, the Scouts internationally really kind of makes it all relatable. Yeah, definitely. And this was their first um, event since uh, being out on holiday with their family. And of course, Kate always looks amazing, as always. Always. <laughs> always. Um, well, Prince Charles has been very busy um, over the past few days, too. He addressed world leaders again at the COP26 event and received a rare invitation to join 20 of the world's leaders and said that the future of humanity and nature itself is at stake. Take a look at this. I, I know you have many pressing issues of the day, but none... Uh, is more pressing than the future health of our planet and of the people who inhabit it. Yeah, Prince Charles has been very um, vocal about climate control and um, and ways for people to get involved and to help, um, you know, save the save the population pretty much. And I'm sorry, save the, the climate and save our Earth, because he, as he said it, you know, the future is bleak. 
Right. It's I really think this is going to be his life's work. And really what he's known for is climate change and conservation. He's been working for it towards this for so long. Yeah. And I loved when he gave his speech at the summit. He said, we've seen what a global crisis can look like thanks to the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic. And so we really need to come together because this is a global issue. Yeah. And I just loved seeing him um, surrounded by these world leaders, really speaking up for something he's worked at for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is something that he's super passionate about. And you, like you said, you had world leaders from everywhere. President Biden was there. Uh, Boris Johnson was there. So he's really speaking to people that can help hopefully get his mission accomplished and get it done. And, you know, this is what these two summits were about. We're about climate control and about um, ways to, you know, help our earth. And it's not something that we should uh, glance over lightly. So he's definitely, definitely doing his duty prince charles keeping us busy all right well harry and megan also made their presence known at the summit as they penned an open letter to leaders addressing the lack of covid19 vaccines in low-income countries now this is something that they have really been backing over the past few months as well saying you know that you know we have these vaccines but these people that want them can't get them yeah, I thought it was really powerful that they are, they co-signed this letter with the general director of the World Health Organization, which really shows how powerful their influence is and how well-respected they are in this arena. Um, they were asking for the world countries through the World Health Organization to fill the vaccination gap for underprivileged or underprovided countries. And it was, um, they've spoken out about vaccines and um you know, vaccine awareness so much through the concerts, through their public service announcements. They're clearly so passionate about making sure everyone has this vaccine so that we can move forward from this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I think everybody wants to put this pandemic behind us. And, you know, (laughs) I'm sure, you know, to to bring the vaccine to low income places is definitely something that should be on the forefront for a lot of people's minds. And at least Harry and Megan are kind of letting that known. And then, you know, Megan is also putting um, her stamp on paid family leave. She you know, penned an open letter to Congress last week. And this week she's kind of uh, giving back and saying thank you. And she's doing it by giving out some Starbucks gift cards. Um, So I thought this was a, a very nice gesture. I thought this was so cute. She gave $25 gift cards to nonprofit workers from the organization Pay Leave US. Mm-hmm. Um, they were signed from Archwell. So it was something that Archwell was doing for this nonprofit. But you could tell it's such a small gesture, but it meant so much to those workers, you know, mm-hmm. who are working overtime trying to get this you know, trying to get this pushed through or passed or even just heard, you know, in this in this space. And I think that that was such a such a classy gesture, you know. No, definitely. No. And they were working really hard. And as we know, she's a mom of two. And, you know, she she said in her um, in her letter that, yes, she has a life of privilege, but a lot of people don't get to have this paid family leave and get to have that bonding time with their child or somebody that they're taking care of. So I think it's a great initiative for her to back. And, you know, as moms ourselves, you know, It's it's definitely something that we can relate to. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty and sources are telling us weekly that the royal family has been rallying around the queen after her recent health scare. And it seems like they are urging her to slow down a little bit. 
like we said before, not taking their advice. <laughs> right. I'm, they're so supportive of her. And I have heard that the, the plans moving forward is that someone will always join her on her events just in case she has to pull back. It's not as disappointing, but you can just tell that she does not want to slow down, but she's really being forced to, I mean, she's 95, <laughs> you know, we have to, you know, she, maybe she's the one who has to start thinking, oh, I, she's earned it. You know, yeah. she deserves to slow down, but she does not want to. No, she um, but I think it's so great that her family is so supportive. Yeah. As, as somebody that has a grandma who's about to be 91, she doesn't want to slow down either. You can't tell her, you can't tell her yes or no. And anything like that, they have their mind made up and, you know, which is a great way to be, you know, you've got to keep yourself active and keep your mind going. And that's exactly what right. the queen is doing. And she looks fantastic, yeah. but you know, we got reporting that um, queen uh, that uh, Duchess uh, Kate and Prince William, they sent her flowers. The great uh, grandkids gave her cards. So it seems like she is definitely, on the men. But we also heard that Prince Harry definitely got a bit of a scare after hearing about his grandmother. Obviously, he's thousands and thousands of miles away in Montecito, California. So there's really not much that he can do. But we did hear that he went into a bit of a panic mode after hearing about his grandma, which understandably so. Yes. I think that he's probably so, you know, disappointed that he wasn't able to be with Prince Philip in those final days. So I'm sure that with that loss being so recent, he is very panicky anytime the queen sneezes. You know, he mm -hmm. cares about her so much. They seem to be very, very close. He named his daughter after her. Yes. So clearly he cares very much. And I'm sure it's difficult knowing her age and her health and things like that, just facing that reality that it could happen at any time. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm, are you surprised that he hasn't gone over there yet or at all? I, I would be more surprised if we weren't recovering from this pandemic. I think mm -hmm. it is still a little bit tricky to travel and he does have two young children, which yeah. makes everything twice as hard. Um, so even, even in their seat of privilege, I think there's a lot to think about and I'm sure that he's um, eager to get over there. Oh, definitely. And we keep hearing maybe rumblings that they'll go over there for the holidays, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, Kristen Stewart opened up about channeling Princess Diana's maternal bond with Prince William and Prince Harry in the upcoming movie, Spencer. Take a look. You don't want to mess with moms. You just don't do that. And I, I just, uh, I think she feels so embodied and so unconditionally herself when, when she's with her kids and in all of the research that I was like, man, you know, that's what we're protecting here. I know people are super excited to see this movie. It's getting rave reviews. Kristen is getting Oscar buzz already. And she has opened up about this before about, you know, you know, the hardest part of her about playing Princess Diana was making sure that she was able to portray what type of mother that she that she was. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Kristen Stewart really speaks about how her Diana's whole being at this point in her life was being a loving mother to her children. And I loved how Kristen Stewart talked about, you know, she had to tap into that parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. And Kristen's not a mother, so she had to relate to it as her relationship with her own parents. And I just thought, thinking back of our own memories of Diana, it really was during that time, she was so dedicated to being a loving mother to her boys. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited to see this. Uh this movie. She also talked about putting on the replica wedding dress for Diana. They don't shoot an entire wedding scene, but it's all more in like flashbacks, she said. But she said putting on that dress was like almost like a spooky experience for her, which I thought was interesting as well. <laughs> 
I, it must be so weird to see this iconic image and then kind of be that iconic yes. image, you know, dressed up and looking so much like I, it must be very strange. <laughs> totally. Very strange. But I'm sure she's going to do a fantastic job. And I'm really excited. The movie comes out um, this week in theater. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. Well, all right. It is time to break down our royal rules and to help us do that is executive producer of the CNN docuseries, Diana. We've uh, spoken about this docuseries um, several times on the show, and it's it's Fantastic if you haven't gotten a chance to see it already. Now, she spoke about Princess Diana's relationship with Hazat Khan and how it led her to Jodi Fayyad. Take a look. Kind of take me back. And when did Diana kind of realize that this marriage was over and they just were not going to make this work? I mean, I think she tried. Um, You know, if you cut back to her walking down the aisle at her wedding, she walks past Camilla. Mm -hmm. And in our series, she commentates about that. Like she knew that they had had this relationship. And at that point, she hoped that it was over. So so the relationship was always there. Mm -hmm. And I think that even after the separation in the early in 1992, they still carried on doing, you know, doing engagements. You know, I, I don't think Diana ever really wanted to truly give up. Mm-hmm. And actually it was the queen in the end said, you're separated, you need to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I think she never, ever, did she really want to do that? Look, I don't know. It feels to me from the evidence of, of, of all the testimony that we had in her own words that it was it was it was hard for her. I mean, you did kind of mention that, you know, people were so fascinated about her dating life and she did um, have a high profile romance following Charles. And, you know, talk a little bit about that. And was he the love of her life? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think he I, I think he was, you know, they they, you know, they they met, you know, um, at the hospital where he was a surgeon. Um, and and she had this extraordinary long relationship with him where she really, really wanted to to to, to marry him. Um, and it was just impossible. He just couldn't, you know, he, you know, um, he, he, he just couldn't step into that world. And how many times have we seen that with an incredibly famous, powerful woman? You know, it comes at a price. And I think it was um, very, very difficult for him to go along with that relationship. And I think it broke her heart. And I think that that is inevitably then what led her to settling into a sort of a dodi fired mm-hmm. relationship where they all knew what it was like to be to 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 be somebody like that you know um you know to have a lot of money and to have a lot of power and to need security and to be on a level mm-hmm. and i think that that's what drew her in to to having a a high profile relationship like that mm-hmm after you know being with somebody who she obviously loved so much right yeah i'm sure it was definitely difficult for her i mean what were those last few days like for diana because you know they said that you know even though she was only with jody for maybe four weeks that they were talking about engagement things were moving very quickly and she was kind of feeling a little in over her head a little bit right uh, again, it's 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 hard to say, you know. As a, I, you know, we we, we don't have um, letters from that time. We don't have recordings from that time. You know, we have the observations of the tabloid press at that point, which was, you know, frenzied 
and out of control. Um, and I'm sure that within that, you know, she was trying to conduct a relationship and the press and the chasing and the attention was out of control. And 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 the press and the government actually around that time had become so mean to her mm-hmm. because that is around the time where she did her famous landmine walk, right. which again, yeah. mm-hmm. we now value hugely. We respect, we think what a brilliant thing to do. And in the documentary series, you can see we have um, some footage of her being told that, you know, meanwhile in London, mm-hmm. there are, you know, male politicians saying, again, she's crazy. She's a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. What is she doing? And you see her reaction of, absolute bewilderment of like, are you joking? I am just trying to shine a light on something that shouldn't be happening. This is not political. And again, she was just told she was crazy, 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 mad woman, stop doing it. You don't know what you're doing. And I think that she was reeling from all of that. You know, she, you know, she, you know, she wanted to be the queen of of, of of our hearts. She wanted to be the people's princess and she was just constantly barred from doing that by establishment figures who more, more often than not were men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so I think that, you know, during the time of her relationship with Dodie Fired, those were those were things that were happening to her that must have been very confusing for her. You know, it seems like Diana's life was just kind of really getting started. Once again, she was opening up this new chapter of her life when she tragically passed away and she, you know, she was dating and she was kind of coming into her own. And it's just, it's such, it's so tragic to think about what she could have done if she was still here. I think that's really the most heartbreaking thing about, you know, her memory and her time is that we all can see that she was about to really have, Mm -hmm. you know, her own life and break out on her own. And it was tragically cut so short. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, we are revisiting our chat with royal photographer Chris Jackson, who opened up about taking those famous balcony family photos and what the Queen's relationship is like with Prince William. Yeah, there's um, quite a few shots in the book um, with the Duke of Cambridge and the Queen. And I think they obviously have an incredibly warm relationship. Um, That's evident from the photos. You can see them sharing a few jokes with each other. And, you know, she's hugely respected by all the members of the family. It's evident um, when I uh, capture photographs of them all. Of course, trooping the colour is the event where we all see them together on the balcony uh, at Buckingham Palace. That's a big one for me as a royal photographer. And it's, it's, it's lovely to look back over the years as you see additional members of the royal family and as, as they grow, the children grow up and you see the interactions um, at occasions like that. Um, on one hand, they're big, you know, pomp and ceremony occasions. But on the other hand, you're just watching a family interact with each other. And it's those kind of heartwarming moments, which are nice to capture for a royal photographer. What is it like getting those balcony shots? I would imagine that has to be an extremely stressful uh, shoot because I, I would imagine that you're probably from a distance back and, you know, you you got to get those right moments. So I, have, I would imagine that's probably one of the most stressful times. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really good question, because often people don't really think about it. They look at the picture in the paper and that's it. It's a picture of the Queen. And a lot of what I talk about in the book is what goes into getting those shots. And, you know, it can be challenging. And that is 
one of the things I love about being a royal photographer is a different styles of photography, you know. And there was one particular occasion in the book where I was shooting a portrait in Buckingham Palace Gardens and I had to rush out to shoot the royal family on the balcony, which is obviously on a very long lens. You've got a lot of different considerations. And then after that, rush back in to shoot on a wide lens again, you know, a more intimate kind of close-up photographs. And that challenge, those challenges are what are very much part of the job, what I love about it. Um, but it can often make it quite stressful at the same time. But, you know, a lot of the time I am capturing those kind of um, images from, from a distance on the longer lens. And that's things like Troop in the Colour because you are on the, the QVM Memorial, the Queen of Victoria Memorial, right opposite the, um, the balcony. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've got to be on top of all the technical things. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the challenges of the job. Yeah, it definitely seems like the Queen has a very warm relationship with Prince William, like Chris said, and getting those balcony shots, I'm sure, is probably no easy feat. <laughs> I know, I can't. He's such a talented photographer. I can't mm -hmm. imagine how he does what he does. No, totally. And if you want to see more of his uh, photography, definitely check out his new book all about Queen Elizabeth. The images are just breathtaking. So definitely take a look at that if you haven't already as well. All right, well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on our royal kids. And Princess Eugenie's son, August, celebrated his first Halloween and she gave us a little, a little peek at his costume. This was so cute. It was so cute. He's a little blue monster mm -hmm. and I just think it's adorable. Yeah, it is so good because we never really see royals uh, share right. Halloween photos <laughs> because it's not really a very popular event. In no, the UK, I think right? it's yeah, it's becoming more popular. It's suddenly picking up some speed, not quite as well as Americans like to do it. So it was really neat to see them participating and dressing up for the holiday. So cute. And it was nice to get a little glimpse of him since we haven't really seen him. He's I can't believe he's what, si uh, six months old, a little bit more than that. So he's um, he's definitely, uh, you know, sitting up and getting bigger. And it must be a lot of fun for them to celebrate these holidays. It must be so special. They grow so fast. <laughs> it's so true. It, you blink mm -hmm. and then, you know, they're walking, talking and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and wrecking havoc throughout your house. But it's so much yeah. fun. <laughs> well, Christine, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me. This was such a pleasure. This was so much fun, Christina. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. And make sure to check out Royally Us every Wednesday on Us Weekly's YouTube channel. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, listen to our podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.